I don't understand what this <laughs> I mean, I think that kind of said it all. Yeah. Okay. I'm Kate. I'm KB. And this is the center seat. Cue music. We have dope music in that. I know, but I don't do the musical things super great with my face. Mm. So. Leave it to the professionals then. Exactly. On this week's episode, we're going to take you back to the year 2001. Definitely better than March of 2020. Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we're going to review two movies that we haven't seen before. For me, it was The Score. And for Miss Kate, it was Ali. I just... We'll wait until that segment. We'll wait until that segment. (laughs) In the meanwhile, what do you remember about 2001? Um, in my life or in movies? Those are very different questions. Let's, let's stick to the movies. That sounds wise. Well, although I will say, and this is important, 2001 is when I moved to Kansas City. So we are coming up on our 20-year anniversary, Kansas City and I. Nice. Yeah, October of, two, of 2021 will be 20 years, which is like 2021 is even weird to say. Anyway, 2001 movies. You had Wes Anderson coming onto the scene with Royal Tenenbaums, which mm. sort of like he was a little on the scene, but that one really cinched it. You had one of my favorites, Mulholland Drive. Um, yeah. And then also uh, AI, which is another one of my very favorite movies. I love it for its flaws. Ditto for Vanilla Sky. I listened to the soundtrack to that like yesterday. Oh, wow. I think those were some of my favorites. I know Donnie Darko was this big cult classic and it really gave us that great cover song. But um, it's not one I revisit. Like, I don't feel the need to watch that one again. For me, I remember that's when Lord of the Rings first came out. And being a fan of it from a kid for for the book, it was really cool to see it on the screen and well represented. Although looking back, it's a lot of walking. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, you would know you've seen that a few times. I mean, yeah. franchises in general, though, were kind of huge that year. Because you oh, also had time. Harry Potter kicked off. Yeah, I wasn't into it, though. I wasn't I mean, into you have the other books. Nice qualities. Yeah, I wasn't into the books, so in turn, I really didn't go see the movies. I actually watched all the movies in one week. That sounds we just, like fun. And it was the... Uh, the week before the very last chapter came out, chapter two of whatever. Deathly Hallows. Mm-hmm. And I went um, to see it that Saturday morning. Did you have a favorite of the Potter movies or now are you just going to say the Alphonse Curian one because you're predictable? I'm predictable because that was the best <laughs> one. It had nothing I, to do with the storyline or the character uh-huh, development. Uh-huh. It was just the best made one. I, I like uh, Half-Blood Prince. That one's my favorite. I'm sure it's you have your reasons of, why. It's the darkest of them. It's really dark. 
my kids were watching another favorite of mine from that year last night. Um, all of a sudden, I just heard random laughter over and over, and that was Rat Race. Oh, I don't think I ever saw that one. Oh, it's so hilarious. It's just That's one of what these I should have watched. All-star cast. Yeah, I remember when that came out. The ads were constant. Yeah, and um, I just just heard them just laughing like crazy. Cuba Gooding Jr., Seth Green, Whoopi Goldberg, Breckenmeyer. He was kind of like the star. Amy Smart. Oh, I love Breckenmeyer. John Cleese, Wayne Knight. I love John Cleese. That sounds like John a Lobbitz. thing I should watch with the kids tonight. It's, it's a good one. It really is. Thank you for the suggestion. Yeah, I try. We also had some other ones like Bridget Jones' Diary. Of course, yeah. Pixar continued with Monsters, Inc. Okay, I will tell you, though, that movie still cracks me up. Like, there is one line from it that makes me giggle every single time I see it. Cheating. Right. Okay, I think I know how to make this all go away. What happens when the whistle blows in five minutes? Uh, I get a timeout? Everyone goes to lunch! Which means the scare floor will be... Painted? Empty! It'll be empty! <laughs> <laughs> All things. I know, it's the dumbest thing and it cracks me up every time I hear it. I don't know, it reminds me of how some of my favorite people's brains work, I guess. But it I makes guess. me laugh. Yeah. So which one are we going to start with? Oh, you mean once we return from this? I think mm -hmm. we should talk about mine first because I want to get it over with. Okay. So when we come from break, we're going to start off with a review of Ali. How are you doing out there? Is everyone feeling all right? Yeah. All right. The world. Oh, yeah. Look how good I look. Ain't this just a perfect specimen of a man right here? I want to be your motivator. I want to be in your corner. What'd you say your name is? Bundini. Rhymes with Houdini, yeah, except that don't rhyme. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. On Christmas Day of 2001, the film Ali opened up. It opened to critical praise, but didn't do too well at the box office. The film that covers 10 years of Muhammad Ali's life is listed as a sports drama, but focuses more on the man's life than anything else. It's wrapped around scenes of him in the ring, and I saw it and thought it was a pretty good movie, especially coming from the eyes of director Michael Mann who actually gave up the opportunity to direct films like The Aviator and Shooter in order to make this movie. Miss Kate, first time seeing it. Mm -hmm. What did you think about it? And more importantly, what angle did you take it from as far as watching it? I, okay. First of all, let me just pause and say how glad I am that Michael Mann did not direct The Aviator, since that is one of my very favorite movies, and someone besides Scorsese doing it would bum me out. Like, I don't want to see that. Indeed. Even as a thought exercise, I don't want to entertain it. I, 
I saw it almost like a, um, first of all, I was bored stupid. Um, I like, I mean, you know how much I whined about this. I realized every time I attempted to watch it that there was a reason I hadn't seen it yet, which was because I had absolutely no interest. And so that made it hard. But I took it almost as more of like a behind the music kind of vibe to it. Like it was not about boxing. It was the behind the scenes. But it was also Mario Van Peebles as far and away best part of the movie as um, Malcolm X. Like did not see that coming. Did not know he was in the movie. So, so good. Baby Jeffrey Wright, who is currently on Westworld. Photographer. Love him. Um, Will Smith is not punching his weight. See what I did there. Yes, and you are Thank absolutely you. correct. Thank um, you. The thing, while she, she, while she attempts to pat herself on the back, let me jump in here and say, look at you. Go Thank you. Thank you. It was advertised on the back of the popularity of Will Smith, mm-hmm. but even to the point of receiving an uh, Academy Award nomination for Best Actor. But I think the supporting cast that they put around him was Carry actually the him. best part of the movie. For sure. Even his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith is in there as his first wife. And like she, and she's bringing so much heat and so much realness to her role. And, and, and I, I don't know a lot about Muhammad Ali. Maybe his delivery in real life is that wooden. Oh no. But I just really, I found, um, the music compelling, mm-hmm. but the story didn't, didn't attract me. Um, I really just, I've always found Ali to be sort of an egomaniac and like, I it just didn't, I tried to read some things like he handpicked what he wanted Will Smith to do it, but it was because he's the only person who was as good looking as him. And I was like, Bleh. so <laughs> I <laughs> like, that's so gross i don't know i just it never charmed me it never captured me the thing that i found do it i I wouldn't even say charming the thing i found intriguing about it was the care that they took to make the movie okay let's just put will smith aside okay no that's a fair point that's a that's a really fair point it was um very evocative of the time period Mm -hmm. um not just in dress and music, but also just the sets and just kind of how things were shot. Mm-hmm. And as we started to mention, the supporting cast of everyone, even um, McKelty Williamson, who plays Don King, he, he doesn't try to do a caricature of Don King. He plays him like probably the, the way the man is in real life outside of a camera where he's bombastic and ego egotistical but talking about the technical aspects of the movie the intro is 10 minutes long and for a sports movie that's a lot and they try to show you these uh scenes to in a splice in between him just going for a run and it's yeah. so well done that you forget that you know for a minute that you know you haven't seen any opening credits there's there's no That's true. Yeah. opening to the movie, but there's this 10 minute intro. I can't think of it. Although I will it. say like, I did not care for any parts that had Will Smith in it. Like I loved all the music stuff they were doing mm-hmm. and that club scene. And that was, it was uh, Sam Cooke and it was incredible. And then I was like, Oh yeah. And this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then like, but like 30 minutes in, you're still in your, what's essentially your first scene because mm -hmm. you have all of this cut together and then 30 minutes into the movie, you're still on the fight that that was all leading up to. And it's a long movie. I was just about it's to say, so that's, that's what makes it long is because oh. it's certain parts are dwelled on for a long time. We're talking 157 minutes as far as a running time. Um, I'll just keep going back to it. The thing that I found really, really captivating was the authenticity of it, the use of actors, the use of non-actors. Um, this is something that you, you may not know, but there's a scene where he's being interviewed and you have all these, uh, all these sports journalists. Those are all real sports journalists of the day. So to get them to basically yeah, play a awesome. role it, it was like a nice touch mm -hmm. and then you had one person who's an actor playing a sports reporter which was john voight who plays who Howard did not Cornwell. recognize him at all he did no. like what they did to that man's face he's got a pretty unique look like you can usually spot him but he was unrecognizable mm -hmm. this is what i always ask you when we get to this point so what did you like about the movie because Kate's a hater. If you I am know. not a hater. I'm a deeply positive person. <laughs> <laughs> um, just with very strong idiosyncratic opinions. Um, I liked, I loved the music. And I loved Jada Pinkett. And I really liked, um, I already forgot his name, Mario Van Peebles. And, but he died pretty early on. So, I mean, yeah. the fight scenes were cool. They covered yeah. a lot of history. I mean, they did cover, and that, <laughs> but it also felt like I was living through those ten years. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot because it was so long. The time period that they covered included uh, his famous Rumble in the Jungle fight. Mm -hmm. uh, the assassination of Malcolm X was in there, um, and it, it's weird because you could just, compare it to other movies like Spike Lee had his Malcolm X, of course, the assassinations in there. Um, there's an excellent documentary called When We Were Kings, which is mm -hmm. all about the rumble in the jungle, not so much the fight, but everything leading up to it and the concert that took place, which they showed a little bit of, but if you don't know that history, you probably just like while these people practicing their dance moves while they're postponing the fight. So they showed that as well. It's just... I don't know. I think they tried to take a famous icon and make it's, a biopic about it. And, and it seemed like his own personal vanity project. That yeah. was the thing that I didn't like about it. Like, I felt like he had too much editorial power over something in there. It wasn't... As far as who? Will Smith? Ali. Oh. I don't know. I don't know if he ever got to that point. but I mean, Will Smith was one of his pallbearers, so he was still alive when all this was going on. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine he probably had some serious rights and involvement. But I guess I don't know that for sure. Now, I know you're not a sports person, but what did you think of the fight? Bite your tongue. Um, I, boxing is actually one of the things I – do enjoy watching. Okay. Um, As a I boxing thought, fan, what did you yeah, think of the fight boxing. scenes? I thought those were some of the better parts of the movie because 
Will Smith didn't have to talk a ton. <laughs> he did do some talking in the ring because he was playing well, all Well, right, league. but, like, he didn't have to do, like, a ton. No, they were good. I liked the boxing scenes. They, I liked the ones, and I like the fighter better, like, because boxing movies go. Because it's right. an actual boxing movie, not a historical biopic. Right. Same thing with Raging Bull. The fight scenes there are meant to be fight scenes. Yeah. This one, like I said, it was a biopic wrapped around with, you know, some. And that's the other thing is, I, is like this um, and shoving so much into it when I don't. F- I guess my thing was more like this, uh, his allegiance and closeness to all of these really radical leaders. But there didn't really seem to be a lot of activism from him. They didn't show it. They're and that was, then that was the part where I was like, way to ride some coattails. Like, mm. They didn't really show it. Mm. Well, that, then they made a mistake as a writing team because they should have put that in there for a more sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. So, overall? I give it three out of five floating butterflies i like that (laughs) i like that thank you thank you mostly on the uh on well the historical information and mario van peebles yeah i'll say based on the supporting cast and the realism of the drama i'll give it three and a half stinging bees Oh, add on to happy you. cat. Oh, okay, I'm just adding bad. on to you. I mean, you can't say one without the other. No, no. All right, so after this, it's KB's turn, and he's going to walk us through his um, viewing of the score with Robert De Niro and Edward Norton. Excuse me. Can you help me, please? Blast Norman? Yes. Two blocks this way, one block that way, to the left. And you're right there. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Nick. I'm Max's guy in the customs house. 24 guards. This is a very big payoff for very acceptable risks. $30 million. Nine video cameras. All right, paint me a picture. I got floor plans. I got security completely wrapped around my finger. Sorry, sorry. Four alarm systems. I can handle the system in there. If someone else can break into this box. After this, no more jobs. This is the last one I'm doing. I'm quitting. quitting. How many times you told me that in 25 years? All to protect a safe that has never been cracked. You gotta admit that this kid did a pretty good show. Thank you, thank you. All right, so in 2001, Frank Oz, also known as Yoda, directed um, this sweet little, like, burglary crime movie with an amazing cast. Robert De Niro, Ed Norton, Angela Bassett, Marlon Brando. It's um, very much a crime drama, but a bit on the witty side as well. Uh, I remember really appreciating the performances, and also the plot was really fun. What did you think about it? I thought it was a nice little heist movie. Um, I was surprised that I had not seen it before. <gasps> you hadn't? You weren't sure? No, I when oh, I started hallelujah. watching it, for one, it, it had a very 
2001 look and feel to it. Certain things like that just don't age well, you know, albeit 19, 20 years later. But I wasn't too critical of it. I mean, you have a classic performer in De Niro being And Brando. Right. I I didn't really care for him too much. Whoever does, Um, really. The whole thing about that is they got him for that role for it to be Brando in the role, but really it could have been anybody. His part really wasn't too played out, so it really could have been anybody as that heavy, no pun intended. But I did like the the combination of the senior acting chops of De Niro with the mm-hmm. young up-and-coming bravado of Norton. And bravado really, is the word for him in that role, too. Yeah, and I, I really like their combination. Everything with them either interacting with each other or on screen together were the best parts of the movie for sure. What did you think about Angela Bassett? Underused. Yeah. For someone of her uh, acting gravitas, they could have had at least one or two more scenes with her and De Niro as a love interest and everything. Um, I wasn't looking for her to be part of the whole plot in that way as far as like like a Charlie Saren in the uh, Italian job yeah I wasn't looking for that but I just wanted more of her because she's so good in almost anything she does and she was the only award winner out of this whole thing too hmm. yeah she won an NAACP image award for outstanding supporting actress um, so if you were to suggest this movie to somebody, what warnings or um, heads up would you give them beyond like the datedness? Like who would you recommend this movie to? Anyone who likes crime dramas, any De Niro fans, Norton fans, I would say as well. I couldn't tell like Frank Oz as far as an auteur in this. I mean, if you look at his other things that he did, it's random from Little Shop of Horrors to Death at a Funeral to um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. So I love it, that movie. Yeah, but none of them go together. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a distinct voice as a director. No, no. no he doesn't. And it's almost like anything could have been, any, any director could have made this. Not to say he didn't do a good job with it, but it wasn't, there was none of his style in it. There's, I don't know. There's nothing particular to say. There's a Frank Oz kind of movie. And like I was what I was saying about Brando earlier, it was kind of like a marquee name for the part. And then that was it. So after seeing this, um, it is such a classic heist film. How would you say it measures up to other classic heist films? Not like it's a classic, but like it's a very heist movie. I would put it in the well-done category. Um, yeah. I, I always reach a point in a movie like this where I'm like trying to figure out the ending. I shouldn't really do that to myself, but I, I think I just do it subconsciously. And then I'm like, aha, this is good. that's going to happen. And so then, did you get it? Were you right? I did. Oh, nice job. I did. So I did enjoy that part of it. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. I would give it like a solid four out of five. Four out of five what? Uh, I would give it four out of five crack stays. I would give it, yeah, four out of five um, almost type cast actors. So even though we're 
stuck in the house. There's still a lot of options out there. Um, the best twist, plot twist, the best twist that uh, has come up this whole quarantine time is that a lot of the movies that were recently released or about to be released have been sent straight to video on demand. So some of the more popular titles have been Emma, Birds of Prey, Bloodshot. Did that even come out? I don't even know what that is. Uh, Vin Diesel. You don't care. That's why I don't know what that is. Yeah. I uh, liked a couple Vin Diesel movies. Don't typecast me to KB. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Last Star Wars, Rise of Skywalker, The Hunt. The Last Star Wars. Well, the most recent Star Wars. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> The Hunt, The Invisible Man, which we reviewed back on episode 13. Yeah, we did. So and good. Watch that one, people. That's a good one. Uh, mm. The Way Back, which we reviewed on episode 14. Pretty good. You should watch that one. Bad Boys for Life. Did and you ever see that? I did not. I got to catch oh. up with it. Yeah, all right. I have to see the other ones first. Yeah, those are good. And... Sonic the Hedgehog. So a lot of new quote-unquote movies to check out. But here's on. the bummer about Sonic, though, is like that was going to be a pretty big graphics thing. Like that was designed to be fun on a big screen. Big screen, yeah. So that's, that's I mean, that's a little bit of a bummer. And I think Disney Plus had the two biggest surprises. Um, once everybody started staying home, the first thing they did was release Frozen 2 on Disney Plus, and as of last week, they also have Onward, which we both saw, and it was it was okay. It was good for the kids. I paid dollars to see that, like, three days before quarantine hit, and I, I'm just yeah. saying, yeah. Yeah, whatever. It's all good. It's Disney. They got to get their money. Yeah. So the only thing that's upcoming, um, talking about the kids, is Trolls World Tour. It was supposed to come out this Friday, April 10th. Now it will be coming out on on demand on April 10th. So, quite a few options. Yes. Yeah, it's not for me. That's like having a seizure. I didn't see the first one, did and you? And I can't. Oh, did I? My children loved it. Of course they did. <laughs> but I don't pass that part. Oh, yeah. It's like having a visual seizure. And I have a hard time with... Um, the bastardization of really good songs. Mm. So like every time you take, you take like Bruce Springsteen songs and make a Broadway musical with it. Just spare me. Yeah. Rather just listen to Springsteen. But what do we have for next time? Well, next time we're going to do 2002 since no one will send us to movies anymore. Hmm. So in 2002, we had a lot of interesting movies, and we'll talk more about them next week. But there were only a handful, per usual, that you did not see. So you're, you are being tasked with watching this really underrated horror movie called Frailty with Matthew McConaughey and Bill Paxton. And um, I'm really excited for you to go on this journey. And I am taxing you with the beautiful thing that is called City of God. And if you cannot find that, how do you feel about Michael Moore? I have literally never seen one of his movies. Really? Huh. No <laughs> Haven't Roger you figured out I don't actually watch movies by now, KB? I didn't want to tell everybody else. <laughs> I, I just found on the street, ladies and gentlemen. Did you pick a movie for me with subtitles? 
<gasps> Did I? Oh my god, you're such a douche. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> I mean, anyway, you're home. You're home, so I mean, yeah. you can take your time. But it's very intriguing once you start watching it. You're all right, all right. I will do. I will do subtitles because you. I, I haven't mean, even gotten around to watching freaking uh, Parasite yet. If I said Infernal Affairs, you would watch it with subtitles just because you loved it. Pure of passion, it. pure passion. Yes, absolutely. I would. Hundred percent. I should have gave that to you. No, don't, don't baby me. I can handle it. Okay. No, I'm saying I should have physically given it to you. Oh, that is accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe next time in like six months when we're allowed to see each other again. Oh my gosh. When can I leave my house? So your second option, if you are unable to find frailty, is going to be Murder by Numbers with Sandra Bullock and baby Ryan Gosling. And it's, um, there's the camp factor here. I cannot explain to you, but I love it. It's it's like it's it's a little too dark only because it's trying to be so dark. One of those. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. You don't leave me a lot of options, man. I'm so. giving you a plenty of options. I won't even give you a number two. I'll just let you pick from that list. On that note, <laughs> I've been KB, and I shall always be Kate. We want to thank you for joining us on this locked in stay at home. Wash your hands, don't touch your face. You'll never go outside again without being shot in the streets version of the second scene. Wow, that got dark, man. But I'm here I miss going to the movie theaters. I really do. Dude, I Until make your choices. Yep. Alright, cool yo. <laughs> <laughs>